What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, family? Thank you for tuning in to the Dream Nation podcast. My name is Casanova. I'll be your host, and I'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and trailblazers from around the world. Stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life. What's up, Dream Builder? We are back again with another episode that I'm excited to bring to you because today we have one of my brothers on the other line. And I'm telling you, when I talk about the genuine ability to be able to connect people and just be abundant. And when it comes to the mindset, if you're somebody that you're trying to figure out how you can have more abundance in your life, how you can get rid of the scarcity in your life, you got to listen to this episode. So without further ado, please help me in welcoming my brother, Mr. Kyle Depius to the podcast. Kyle, you want to go ahead and say, what's up to Dream Nation? Yeah, what's up, Dream Nation? Thanks, Casanova, for having me on. And I'm First of all, I'm really impressed because you got my last name correct and not many people get it correct. So thank you for that. I appreciate the the warm uh, welcome and intro. So I'm excited to be here. Man, it's, it's a pleasure. I always love to start these off with the proper introduction. And if you haven't listened to the show, the way that I do it is I compare us as thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and even change agents to superheroes. And mm. the reason being is because we're constantly flying around the world. I know you are. You were just in Utah. You're putting <laughs> on your cape and you're trying yeah. to solve the world's biggest problems. And so the question that I have is, we all know who... Clark Kent is behind the man of of the Superman, right? With the S on the chest. But my question to you is, we don't know behind the Superman that we know as Kyle Depius, who is that Clark Kent on the inside? Mm, wow, that is a really good question. I love how you open the show. Okay, so who is the Clark on the inside? Honestly, I'm a, I'm a, and we'll probably get into it. I'm a former corporate burnout guy. I'm a, I'm a working professional right on the in the exterior and I'm I'm a father, I'm a husband and as you mentioned I love to connect people. So for me I'm, I'm the kind of I'm the guy who likes to be in the background of things and create containers and create things for people to connect. So I really I do not like being 
in the spotlight. I don't love have it. I even do just the video on here on you and me doing this. I'm like, man, oh me, Cass, I'm not comfortable like being the one in front of a group. I like to be the one who creates things for people to step into and then I'm in the background. So that's a tough one for me. So Clark Kent being like that, I'm very much similar. I'm in the background of things. I don't like to be front and center, man. Wow. And and that's for anybody that's wondering like what what he's talking about. You just put on an amazing experience, my first ever experience, which is how we really got to connect. And from the moment, I I even told you this on the phone, but what was crazy about it is while we're doing all these different things like NASCAR and while we're golfing, and I'm all wondering why you're not in the mix of all of this. You're out there serving. You're like, hey, do you need something to drink? Hey, how are you feeling right now? And it's like, why are you not getting the experience? But then I thought about it and it was like, wow, because you're putting on the experience and you're coming from a period or I guess a perspective of servant leadership. And it's like, listen, I don't need to be seen as long as other people are having the times of their lives. You hope enough other people get what they want and you'll be able to get everything that you want. So for somebody that's wondering, like he's definitely all the way that. And I respected it so much. Now tell me, you talked about corporate burnout. And I think that that's something that's relevant today because so many people are getting burned out, not only in the corporate space, but maybe they're running 150 miles an hour trying to get this entrepreneurship thing off the ground, but they're starting to get burned out on it. One, how did you recognize right? That you were able, that you were starting to get burned out? Was there a couple of things that you're like, this is not me? And then the second part of that was how were you able to make a pivot without feeling like you had that, that fear in your heart that if I do make this pivot, I'm going to lose everything. Mm. Great questions. And so for the first one, I think anyone who's ever been burned out or they feel like maybe burnout is coming, they know that burnout in their professional world does not exist in a silo. So when you're burned out professionally, it affects every category of life. So when I looked at my health, uh, like the health pillar, I put on probably 10, 12, 15 pounds. I wasn't feeling well because I'm putting so much time at work, so much energy and effort at work. And by the time I come home, the last thing I want to do is go change, go to the gym and spend time there. So you lose motivation, you lose energy and all the other categories of life are affected. So I look, I'm putting some extra weight on in the morning. So if anyone's burned out, they're going to feel this. I didn't want to go to work. I hit snooze and I hit snooze and I hit snooze until the last minute possible. And then I'm running out the door, maybe grabbing a cup of coffee, but I'm not eating well. I'm not getting some morning quiet time and meditation or reading or whatever that looks like. All of these other areas of your life get affected. So that's when I started to, when I look back and I'm like, man, I should have saw these signs. And then it really came to a head right around uh, Thanksgiving of 2000 think here it was 2014. So I was in video game distribution e-commerce. And as we all know, Black Friday is the biggest day in that, that space. And so on Thanksgiving that year, I had my family in town visiting me in Minneapolis. And I was up at three, four in the morning and I was going to work. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Mm-hmm. It is 4 a.m. and I'm going into work. I leave my family behind because I feel like I have to be at work doing some things at work, building someone else's business. I'm, I'm looking around. There's no one else at work. I'm like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And that's when it hit me. I was like, this is enough. Why am I doing this? Why am I building someone else's business? Why am I leaving my family behind? Why is my family second uh, priority for so long? And then I look and my health is second priority. My relationship second, like 
what's going on here? So that to me was the ultimate like bottom point. And then I realized something's got to change. I got to get out of this. So that's a, the conversation around burnout. Yeah. And then the second part was, how were you able to pivot? Because for a lot of people, they maybe feel burned out. Maybe they see that their relationship with God, whether they see the relationship with their spouse or whoever it is, that they see that it's also putting a lot of tension there. But there's so much fear in them actually pivoting because they feel like they'll lose everything that they've already built. So for you, was it a mentor? What was that thing that allowed you to pivot and say, hey, I do, even though it's going to hurt, I have to be able to, to change my ways. Yeah. So for me, I went through this process, which I look back and I call it connecting the dots. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was, it was plucking all the things I did professionally that I loved things that lit me up. Where are my passions and where am I good at something? Connect the dots for that. At that point, it was 13 years as a professional. And how do I create something as a result of it? At that point, like I went through that process on my own. So looking back, you've got to have a mentor. You've got to have a coach. You've got to be in masterminds, whatever it might be. Having someone to be there with you to help you through that process speeds up the process. Mm -hmm. So for me, I sat in that, that bottom space of burnout for a good year. It didn't have to be that long. So if anyone's listening and you're in that space, get a mentor, get a coach, get friends that will help, whatever it might be. But that will speed up the process for you. And then from there, I just went about the business of designing, all right, well, what would light me up? What would make me happy? How do I use my gifts, my strengths, my story, my talents? And then from there, create something. So that's the space that I went to. I connected the dots. I figured out what I loved, what I was good at. Uh, and then I started to create these, as you had mentioned earlier, these experiences as a result. Yeah. And, and I think that that's so critical when you say find somebody because it doesn't have to take that long. But I think where a lot of us, and I know I've struggled with this too, a lot of us, it's the fear of being vulnerable and allowing someone else to come in and really take control of your life if you're not in a position yeah. to do it right now. Somebody else that can see those things in you. And so for you, when you first got, when did you always, were you always open to having mentors and coaches or was this something where you had to, to change that and pivot the way you looked at it to be able to allow someone in to help you? It, it took time. I've been on like a personal growth, professional growth journey for several years now. And when I first started, it looked like reading a lot of books. It looked like listening to podcasts. And then I realized, okay, information is great. Knowledge is great, but application is what really matters. Mm. And you have got to have someone who is holding. If you can't do it on your own, you've got to have someone that's going to hold you accountable to doing what you say you're going to do. Otherwise, it's too easy not to do it. And leaving the corporate world and stepping into entrepreneurship, it was a whole new thing for me. All my friends were in the corporate world. I didn't have a lot of entrepreneur friends. So I knew that I had to seek that out in order to get that. And that's when I put my hand up and said, I need help. I, I'm, I need to be vulnerable, vulnerable here. I don't know what I'm doing uh, and I need someone to hold me accountable. And that's when I realized, okay, being vulnerable is not weak. Being vulnerable is true strength. And as men, I think we fall into this toxic thinking of you, you got to do it alone. You got to go alone. When the going gets tough, you got to get tougher and you just got to put your head down and keep working. As you and I know, it's, it, it, you can do that. It's going to be a tough path for you though. And there's an easier and a quicker way to do it. 
Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And it's funny because well, you connected me and Johnny and yeah. I just did Johnny's podcast yesterday. And and that was one of the things that came up was talking about vulnerability in men, especially with his podcast. Shout out to Johnny Lasser, that is the art of masculinity. And it was talking about for guys, a lot of the times we associate masculinity, right? Where we can't be vulnerable. We can't show any types of weaknesses. But I think that just like you said, it is a true strength. And it's something that if you don't come from the world of being vulnerable that is a skill like not a it's not very easy to let people in because you've tried so hard to put up this superman right that you're like no i don't have any weaknesses so the fact that you said that hopefully someone listens and they say okay i am at that breaking point that right mm. now i do need to allow somebody to just see if they can help me and you'll find the reason why we don't do it in my opinion is because we think that a lot of the times people are out to get us it wasn't it, but, but if you just give someone like I went, when you and I first had the conversation on the zoom call, I didn't know you, I didn't know anything about, and you were getting me to leave my family to travel across to North Carolina during an election where people are very strong about their feelings. And I'm going to the South to do a couple of things that I never had, but it was just that 25 minutes that we were on that call. And I really gave the benefit of the doubt of just being open to saying, listen, Who's to say that this man is not trying to change my life for the better? You're a grown man, but you have to take some risks in life, no matter if they're spiritual, financial, or whatever it was. So I felt like all of that was pulling me to say, hey, look, there's an opportunity here. And only you can see it for what it is. But you got to make that choice if you're going to go in with the negative mindset or positive. And I think that I went in with the positive, And that's why you had such an impact on me, not only from that call, but from that experience. So I love that you said it again, because I had to be vulnerable to do that. The next thing that I guess I, I want to ask you about is when you first found that mentor, before we jump into this next phase, before when you first found that mentor and you said, I raised my hand, there's somebody out here that's watching it or listening right now that says, okay, I'm raising my hand, but where do I even find this person? Like, how do I know? I, I don't know anything about entrepreneurship. I don't know what I'm doing for you. What did that look like? Did you have a buddy who was an entrepreneur and you went to him first and it just happened to be a connection or what did that look like for you? There's, I think there's different phases of it. This is a great question because I know someone's listening, hopefully not watching because I don't, I don't look good in this, in this space here. You look, you look great, man, but I don't, but hopefully someone's listening and, and they're going to, this is going to hit them. There's a few different things you can do. You could have mentors from afar, which again, if you're listening to this podcast, that's one of them right there. You can connect with, we live in such a, a wonderful age where you can connect and you can watch, follow along and consume people's stuff likely for free. Mm -hmm. But then what you might do is, all right, I, maybe there's a, a value to the person-person connection, whether that's phone, Zoom, or in person. And I think people have to understand at some point there will require an investment. And I think that's really important because if you're looking for someone's time, their time is also valuable. So at some point you may have to make an investment. And if someone isn't there financially, you can you can have so many mentors from afar. You can consume their books, their podcasts, their YouTubes, all of these things. But really for me, I knew someone who was in that space as an entrepreneur. It's a mutual friend of ours, Chris. Yeah. And he's someone who was just so open and he was very gracious with his time that 
it meant a lot to me. And now if you look at it, I invest in some of the things that that he puts out there, but he was very open with his time initially because I knew him. He knew where I was at and he he knew he made a similar transition. So look for someone who's done a similar transition. If you're in, in real estate, look for someone in real estate. If you're looking to go from corporate to entrepreneurship, find someone who's been on that same path and is willing to maybe take some time and share with you their journey. Yeah, no, I think that's great. And that broke it down to the simplest form. And we always, we think about these mentors and coaches and we try to go sought out or seek out the, the, the biggest name of people. But if you just find somebody who was just a couple steps ahead of where you are right now and who was just right there where you want it to be, right, then it's so easy because then you can look and you don't have to reinvent the wheel. All you can do is just follow a similar path. And then once you know that you're on the right path, because you're like, okay, this is way better than where I was, then you add your sauce, then you add your flavor to it. And then you're already associated with like-minded people because that person has probably reached ahead and found another mentor or coach. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I love it. That's that's the simplest form of way you could say it. And, and I'm glad that you shared that. Now, one other thing that I loved is things haven't, not just the corporate world where you got burnout, where a lot of people can resonate. But you also, you found yourself and your family found themselves in a lot of debt that you were able to get out of pretty quickly, right? Where some people never get out of this. Talk to me about that. And like, where did you first decide that like, I got to change this part? Because for a lot of people, debt is the reason why they can never get out of the corporate world. Yeah, the, it goes hand in hand. It's part of the story. We got out of debt and then I got into entrepreneurship. So it's a great question. Here's what I would say. There's got to be this aha moment, this, this I've had it moment, if you want to make a change. And for me, that was, it was after Christmas, 2015, I log on to the social security website, ssa.gov. Anyone can do this. And you create a profile, which just uses your social security number, obviously. And then it projects your social security income in retirement based off of how much money you've earned life to date. And then they make some basic projections, but there's the key is they show you your life to date earnings. Mm. And I had no idea cast what to expect when I looked and I saw how much money I made at that time. And I was like, where did all of it go? Right. I don't have it. I don't have any of it. I've got massive negative net worth and I have a ton of debt. And then I was like, okay. So I asked my wife, I said, Lois, what's your social security number? I want to look up yours. So together combined well over $2 million at this point. And I'm like, babe, where'd it go? Uh, we have none of it. And I, so I get, it's a combination of I'm angry, I'm upset, I'm ashamed, I'm frustrated, I'm confused. And I said, all right, if what I've been doing or what we've been doing has got us here, we need to do something different if we want to go there. And so at that point, I'm just consuming different information from different financial professionals. And I said, all right, I think we've got a plan here to get us out of this debt. And we did. We got out of $380,000 in, in debt in 38 months. Wow. Now, that it sounds really quick, but th 38 months is a little bit over three years. And so in the middle of it, when you're slogging your way through all this debt, it seemed like a long time. But now I look back on it, like that went really quick. It did. Like you got to make sacrifices, but it went quick. And now we've, we're on a completely different financial path. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you 
to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. Yeah. So for for somebody that's looking at this and they say, okay, maybe you're not a financial expert or that's not the way you want to be looked at. What was like the key metrics for you to be able to snowball that debt down? What did that look like? If somebody's looking and they say, okay, what are even the pillars of what I need to do? I got to what I got to do a budget. What does these sacrifices look like? And we don't have to go super in debt, but something that can at least be like, oh, okay, I think I can do that. Let me seek out a little bit more of this financial information that he's talking about. Yep. You, you want to be successful. You study what successful people do, right? So there's a lot of metrics that come back that consistently a lot of millionaires budget. So I'm like, okay, budgeting simple. We can budget. Some people hear the word budget and they're like, ah, feels constricting. It feels like hey. I'm put into this box. I'm like, no, okay. What if you just reframe it and say, this is how I spend money. And this gives me permission to spend that doesn't feel constricting. So right. you just plan on all of your different expenses and then there you go. And so budgeting is number one. But my biggest thing, if you look at a lot of different financial experts out there, they teach you how to play good defense. So we're gonna play a we're gonna play a sports analogy here. Yeah. You have to play offense and defense. Playing defense in this example is cutting expenses. At some point, you can only cut expenses so far. Like you still need to eat. You can't keep cutting your grocery bill in half and in half and in half. There comes a breaking point. So I always encourage people, okay, yes, play good defense, but you've got to play really good offense. So how do you increase your income? And it's simple. You Honestly, you can go out. If you're listening, you don't know how to do this. You could probably get a job tomorrow and you could be delivering pizzas, driving Uber, doing Instacart. In the world that we live in, you can increase your income like this if you want to. You just have to be resourceful and look for ways to increase income. Now, that could be a short-term temporary thing to get you out of debt, make an extra grand, 1500 a month, whatever it might be. You could look at things that you do with real estate and get into wholesaling, all those things that you teach as well. That is all ways to play better offense. So if you want to get through debt fast, yes, play good defense, but you've got to play good offense. I would rather you figure out how to double your income than cut your expenses in half. Got it. I love it. What, man, that's, that's what an amazing tip for a lot of people. And the reason why I say that is because that's what everybody's trying to do. They're trying to figure out how they can remove things from their life, but it's so frustrating. And I know I'm one of those people, like it's no, because we have one life to live and we want to live it as best as we can. And when you talk about cutting things out, it means that we're, we're becoming deficient. We don't have everything we want, but if you just figure out how to increase, I think I love sports, of course. So when we talk about playing better offense, we 
we've seen the Patriots, we've seen the, the Warriors in basketball, right? That you just got to outscore. But that's not mm. to say you don't play any defense because yeah. obviously you can't let the other team outscore you. But if you focus on that, and then something that I've learned is the more money that you have coming in, the more that you're able to give away. And the more mm-hmm. that you're able to give away, the more abundant that you feel. And the more that you're able to give away, the more value that you give to other people. So it always comes back full circle. So just figure out how to create more income because if you're figuring out how to cut down, like you just said, then that means that I don't, when someone asks, you instantly go to, I don't have it to give. I'm cutting back on everything. If you don't have it to give, it's very hard to get that value into other people because you're always coming in with a scarcity mindset. Yep. You know? Yeah. So yeah. I love if, that. If you focus too much on defense, cutting expenses, you will inadvertently develop a scarcity mindset. That's what happened to us. So we plowed through all this debt no debt. We're like, I can't spend money. I'm afraid to spend money because I played I played defense so well that now I'm stuck in this mindset of I just can't even spend any money now. So you have to be really careful. And another thing that I'll share is a good tip. I've got a faith background. So if anyone's listening, and even if you don't, it doesn't matter. But if you're given $100,000 a year to manage, everyone thinks if I just make more money, I could fix this problem. If you can't manage $100,000, what makes you think you're going to manage 200 or 300 or 500? You've got to develop a little bit of skill to play defense to manage your money. Otherwise, if you're given more money, you're just going to spend it. It's just going to it, you're just going to waste it. So I think that's really important. If you can't manage what you're currently been given, why should you be given any more? No, I definitely definitely agree. Uh, And that's where it's so critical to have coaches and mentors and people around you that you see what they're doing. And you also see that they have a lifestyle that you would love to live, right? If you would trade places with those people, but they don't seem too frugal and they don't seem too arrogant or, or excessive, right? They, they look like they just have fun. And, and those are things that we all really want in life. Like, it's not really about the money at the end of the day. It's about the experiences that we really want. We could care less, right? Like about the money. It's more about how do I get to do this? And the result of it is, is that a lot of the times you need the money to do those things. So find out what someone else is doing. And one of the things that I love that you've been doing for people, and I think where a lot of people would be interested to learn more about, is you've been able to put on amazing experiences for people. And so it's definitely not about the money, but I don't, I didn't know, like I knew, cause I think we all know. But I didn't know that one, you could create a life around creating experiences, but at the same time, you could also be able to provide that much impact to people. Where did you first learn about creating experiences? And talk about for somebody that doesn't know and they're looking at what they want to do in life, what is creating an experience? Yeah. So here's where here's where it came from. And I think I'll back into that second question then. Uh, so being in the corporate world, it went to all sorts of different corporate events, right? Where you bring a speaker in. And you're probably in a large conference room and you're sitting at a table with seven other people and you've got the the hotel pen and the water over here and a notepad. And then the whole, the speaker comes up, they do a, a presentation, a speech, you get all inspired, you get all motivated. And then, and then that's it. And I'm like, ah, that is not inspiring to me. I think maybe I just think differently, but I think people learn better by doing something. I had this idea a couple of years back was like, you know what? I, I have a desire to see it done a different way. So I just, I created this experience, which some people could call it like an event, but I don't, a traditional personal professional growth thing might have hundreds of people, maybe a thousand people, maybe a couple thousand people. 
I wanted it to be a smaller, intimate, more exclusive group because you can't get to know that many people. And so if you can't get to know that many people, you're probably not having anything more than surface level conversations. So to me, whenever I went to these different events, I would always have the major breakthroughs and insights after the guest speaker, when I had a glass of wine and I'm sitting out watching the sunset with someone else who is maybe challenged by something similar. I was like, wow, I wonder if I could recreate that, but intentionally. So I, I did this uh, a couple of years back and I just hosted this experience on the North shore of Minnesota, which you probably wouldn't love because you get pretty cold, but it was it not was, about me. It's about other people. It's not about me. Someone else out there watching or listening is, yeah. is going to lay like, man, I would love to be there. Yeah. So I just, I brought these people in and I basically said, I'm just, I've got 48 hours. I'm going to have a transformational experience for you. I just, I need you to trust me on this. And it was people that I knew. There's a few I didn't know that well. And we just had private dinners. We had uh, a helicopter pick us up at the resort and then hover over a waterfall over a couple hundred feet up. And it's much easier for me to invite you, for example, Cassandra would say, hey, we're going to jump into a helicopter. We're going to hover over a waterfall. Yeah, it's, it's scary. It's outside your comfort zone. But when we get back from that helicopter, I'm going to talk to you and say, Casanova, where else is fear holding you back in your life? Because you just overcame fear. Mm. Now, where else is it? You are more likely to talk about it now because you just experienced it with eight, nine, 10 other people. Right. And you became vulnerable in that moment. That's what I'm trying to recreate. And in, 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 and then we went dog sledding again, so a winter thing. So I did a dog sledding thing on the boundary waters of Canada and Minnesota. But in your, in your example, when we did NASCAR, I could have had guest speakers come and talk about communication and teamwork. But we forced you into a container where you had to learn it really quick. Mm-hmm. And that is more impactful than a 90-minute guest speaker presentation when you actually get to live it out. And I also think that we just don't do a good enough job celebrating milestones in our life. So I put all of these things together in one experience, and then that's what I do essentially for a living. Man, and it it was so, just like exactly what you said, like in that moment, it was everything because it was less talk and it was more action. And application is the teacher of all, right? Because we want the experience. You can know what you know, and that's totally fine. But at the end of the day, when you apply what you get so much more of a rush. And yes, I absolutely loved it. And and for anybody that knows me, not that I'm anti-NASCAR, but I just, my thing for the first experience that I had, and like I said, for the investment that it was, I was like, I'm going to go do NASCAR. NASCAR of all things like or golfing, but it was everything. Right. And it was just like you said, getting out of your comfort zone. And it was just about the camaraderie and the tribe. And I seen a video that you did, and this was a couple of weeks ago. And I hope somebody goes and checks that out. I think you might've either been live or, or it doesn't really matter, but I think it's, it's definitely on your Instagram. But you were talking about a couple of different things and you were talking about tribe, you were talking about connection and you were talking about accountability. And, and I don't know if you put it in the form of CTA, but I, I, that's instantly what I thought, right? In the world of marketing, which we're all in, we we're constantly talking about call to actions and that could be looked at a couple different ways. But what I got from that was a call to action. Am I thinking about the connections that I'm making every day? Am I thinking about the tribe? And am I thinking about the accountability? So talk to me about where did that first form for you to even be able to educate people like me on it? 
I think a lot of times we create that which we need or that which we needed. And if I look back at when I was burning out professionally, I did not have a tribe of people to help me through that. And then when I was getting into entrepreneurship, not knowing what I was doing, I needed a tribe around me and I sought out that tribe. And I think as men, like I mentioned earlier, it's harder for us to do that. So I just know that like the the rising, like the saying, the rising tide lifts all ships. Mm -hmm. And so if I can just get around people that are doing amazing things, and if I've got something to give to them, which I do, and everyone does, we can all lift each other up and we can be better entrepreneurs, business professionals, fathers, husbands, friends, all of these things. So I knew that seeking tribe is really important. So I create that. And then I know that nothing changes unless we're accountable to something. I don't create these one-time mountaintop experiences where you come in, you have a great time, and then you go back home and you get back into the same way of doing things. So after these experiences, we still get together and you're accountable to doing what you said you were going to do through a, a digital happy hour or something like this that we're going to do in a Zoom. But there has got to be a level of accountability if you want to move anything forward. And so I also include that into these experiences because I think that's really important. Man, I, I think it is as well. And again, that's how you just add tremendous value to someone, because just like you said, you go to an, uh, a networking event or a seminar or a conference. And after that two or three day experience, and you've heard these speakers and it's rah, rah, when there is no connection to those speakers, the only connection that you get is the connection that you really hopefully initiate it, just like you said in the hallways after mm -hmm. the speakers are done, when you're having that glass of wine or that beer later on that night, and then still in all, somebody has to initiate, hey, accountability is important. I know yep. that you're looking for things out of here and you said you want to achieve X, Y, or Z. So when you go back home, how are you going to put that into place? And I want to say that that has been another reason why you've been so valuable because I never had accountability partner. I'll take that back. I do have one accountability partner. He's my barber. So I see him every week. And so, yeah, he... In him and I are on the same wavelength when it comes to business and digital marketing. But outside of that, I never had an accountability partner. But since I've left that experience, I now have two accountability partners. And one of uh, Jim, mutual yep. friend of ours, who we have a call every single Friday. And it's been phenomenal. And so again, it's holding me accountable to the things that I said that I was going to do. And I think that so many people goes back to being vulnerable. They don't want to open up. They don't want to talk about those fears, but understand that this is how we can help you. And you have someone that won't judge you. That's on that save wavelength as you, and they just want to see you do great things. And yeah. so that can be you. If you're, if you're thinking like, I don't have any value to give to the world, which I think a lot of people do start off by creating a platform that yep. can connect other people. Yeah. You know? the, the gift of listening. We How often do we overlook that? Just the pure gift of listening. Mm -hmm. We all have that ability to active listen. So you can create your own accountability partners, your own accountability group. And all you have to do is listen. Everyone's got something valuable to offer. So I wouldn't discount anything like that. I love it, man. For somebody that's out there listening right now and they say, listen, his path right now, this is super dope. Now he's putting on these experiences for some of the top people in the world. And, and when it comes to mindset, when it comes to business and all these things, and they say, but if he could go back and talk to his younger self, for most people, they say if they could go back, they wouldn't change anything because that's how they, that's what made them who they are today. But I always still ask the question, if you could still go back and you could either change one thing or you wish that you would 
would have implemented one thing sooner to accelerate your path on your journey to where you are today, what would that one thing have been? Oh, that's a really good question. And you're right that everything that happened happened so that I could be here right now. But here's what I would say, because the journey has several highs and several lows. Think of a roller coaster. And I could cut some of the extreme lows out of that story and that journey had I done a better job of supporting myself through the process. Mm -hmm. So asking yourself, okay, how do, when things aren't going well, when, when I'm in a rut, when I'm stuck, when I'm overwhelmed, how do I support myself so that one day rut doesn't become a seven day rut? That doesn't become a month long rut, which turns into something. So I think that's really important. Ask yourself the question, how do I need to support myself through this process? And for me, that answer looks like building tribe and building community of people that can support me. And it looks like building routines into my day, getting outside, getting fresh air, even if it's negative 25 degrees, whatever it might be, it mm -hmm. still means whatever, whatever I need to support myself are things that I have to do from a day-to-day -day standpoint. And then from more of like a building tribe standpoint, I think that's the most important. If I look back on my journey that I did not do a good job of, I did not support myself and I didn't know what that looked like early on. Got it. And it, yeah, tribe is so important. Finding like-minded people. I think that that's, that's huge. The last question that I have for you is there's somebody out there that is very inspired by you, right? They love your energy just like me, and they want to blaze a path just similar to what you've done, whether they're in corporate or maybe they just made the decision that they want balance and more harmony in their life, whatever that looks like. They have that little voice in their head, and that little voice tells them that they're not strong enough, they're not smart enough, or maybe they just don't have enough resources, What's the one thing that you would say to that person to get them to just take action? You, the last word you said was the word I was going to use, but it's action brings clarity. And a lot of times when you're starting and picture yourself walking through fog, like you, you really can't see more than just a step or two in front of you. But if you keep taking a step, the path becomes revealed to you. So that requires you to be in movement and it requires you to take action, even if it doesn't feel like the action you're taking is a big leap. A lot of times it's, it's here's a sports analogy again, it's hitting a bunch of singles is what's, what is what will win the game. You don't hit a home run every time. So my, my advice is action brings clarity. Keep taking action, even if it feels insignificant or small. I love it. I love it. For anybody that wants to stay connected with you, we'll make sure that we put all of the links to what you mentioned in the show notes, especially if somebody's looking to learn about the next experience mm. that you're putting on. But where can they find you at? I'm probably, well, I'm active on all the plat social platforms, probably most active on Instagram, just underscore Depius. Bonus points if you can say the last name correctly. But I love to have conversations. I love to engage. I will answer any messages and things like that. I just, I love cheering people on and I want to see people win. So I'm happy to connect on any platform, especially Instagram. Perfect. Again, we'll put all those links in the show notes. If anybody's looking to get out of their comfort zone and they're looking to get around a great group of people that are not going to tear them down, but build them up. And it sets with the foundation or starts being set with that foundation of the leader and the man who puts it on. I highly, highly recommend 
these experiences. Again, Dream Nation, just as he said, you have to take action because if not, that dream that you have will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. We'll catch you on the next one. That's all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.